0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network okay guys this is part two of our fancy football special with our good friend sky guasco from the candlestick kids podcast You are listening to the Football Fanatics UK podcast with your hosts, Ari Markides and Tom Crawford, bringing you the English coverage of American football. Welcome to the second part of our fancy football special. Myself and Tom are joined by Sky Guasco from the Candlestick Kids podcast. The last episode, we went through our two favourite picks of the first round of a 12-team PPR draft. In this episode, we are covering the second and third rounds. With that being said, mate, do you want to go go on to your
1: round two then? Yeah, and I know we're getting a little crunched on time here, and I get – sorry, I I tend to ramble and just get uh, overly nerdy. So Um, I'm going to speed this up a little bit on my end, and and maybe we can just do that in general. So I'm going to give you both of mine here. So I went with Kenyon Drake, uh, currently being drafted as a fifth pick in the second round. Again, steal, in my opinion. Um, And nobody's talking about him, uh, which is interesting. I think it's recency bias of his days as a dolphin. People are scared. I'm not. The cat's out of the bag. I'm pumped. Let's get it. Uh, the next one would be Kenny Galladay going r- shortly after him. Eighth pick in the second round. So quickly, <clears throat> Ken on Drake, as you mentioned, uh, Ari, I think is going to get the ball a lot. Drake, of course, comes over to Arizona from Miami midseason last year. Drake was the running back four after joining the Cardinals midseason. In eight games with the Cardinals, he had 800 and. 14 yards from scrimmage, obviously over 100 yards a game, and eight touchdowns. So 100 yards and a touchdown per game on the Cardinals last year. Love that. Arizona also threw to the running backs 103 times last year. Chase Edmonds is going to get his. Eno Benjamin, who I actually really like from Arizona State, is going to be fine. But those are, again, not handcuffs, backups. And I think that uh, Ken Drake is the truth in Arizona. Next I'll do Kenny Galladay, and I'll get you guys' thoughts. Kenny Galladay for me, again, kind of like – a top 10 receiver for me, he's number seven. Um, and I'm kind of battling between the, the top six, even behind nuke uh, with Godwin and Evans, just cause I don't know what to expect. And Tom, maybe you can help me out with that. Um, <laughs> but, but Kenny Galladay is a top 10 receiver that nobody's talking about because he's
2: on,
1: he's on the lions. Know. You know I mean, what I mean? And Calvin Johnson was, was easily the best receiver in the league in real life and in fantasy for a decade. And it was more like, yeah, Calvin Johnson's pretty good. Let's talk about all these other guys. It's like, dude, Kenny Galladay is the truth. And Matt Stafford's healthy this year. He finished uh, wide receiver six in only eight games of Matt Stafford last year before he went down with a broken back. So we got <laughs> to give him some leeway there. With Stafford in eight games, Galladay had um, almost eight targets per game. Uh, and he had 124 targets over the entire season. If you pace that over, that's 70 receptions over 1,000 yards and 14 touchdowns. Um, for Kenny Galladay. So, love him. Love Marvin Jones too, but I don't think he's as much of a threat with that team that wants to throw. And yeah. I don't believe in carry on. Love DeAndre Swift, but Matt Stafford's going to chuck it. And Kenny Galladay, I think, if everyone stays healthy, is going to beast.
2: I think with Galladay, the touchdowns would yeah. stand out so much. Like, he is so good in the red zone. And Stafford is just going to throw the ball up and, yeah. and give him the chance to get it. And more often than not, Galladay's going to come down with it. And I think, yeah, I think even last year, people weren't talking about him that much either. Um, I think in like last year I was getting in my like, fifth, sixth, seventh round in some drafts that I was doing so that's really good value and even now I'd say in the second round he still represents good value coming off here because say, if, you, if you're taking him here you've probably got a pretty good running back in the first round as well so if you, if you pair a good running back with Galladay you're off Definitely. to another good start there as well with, with yeah. your team
1: and again I'll I'd add one well- well- I'll add one more thing here really quick, uh, Ari, before you jump in. So I I talked about my kind of like wide receiver, like Michael Thomas early versus a running back early. Let's just take that back into perspective really quick. Say Say you pick a wide receiver early and you're able to get Kenyon Drake in the second round, or you pick a wide receiver or a running back early and you're able to get Kenny Galladay in the second round. Either one of those pairings I'm pumped on. I'm usually – unless I just sort of miss out or I'm in the back of the draft and the draft falls to me where, like, all the running backs go, so I have to get wide receiver, wide receiver. I'm usually not somebody that goes two positions in the first two rounds. I like to kind of get best receiver available, best running back available, depending on the draft, of course. But if I could, like, those kind of pairings with the value that I'm able to get with both sides of that, sign me up all day.
2: No, agreed.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I – Got Kenny Galdi, I'm absolutely in love with. He's, he's great. Kenyon when Drake, he, when he first came to Arizona, I thought, oh, I am not too sure on this. I, but as soon as he starts, absolutely smashing every single game. It was, it, mm. But it, the, the thing that I think they need to focus on here is that Arizona put all their faith in him by trading away David Johnson. Yeah, but that, I mean, people don't really people, people are like, oh, isn't that, that trading crazy? It means more for the Cardinals to be able to say, Yeah, Drake, you're not getting paid your contract this year. You're going to get a franchise tag. However, we are putting everything on you. This is your year to show what you can do. And then next year, you're going to get the contract because they're going to still have Carlo Murray and, and so on and rookie contracts. So they can go and pay him if they need to. We won't get massive money, but we will get what he wants, I think. Whereas this year is his year to prove it. And they've done that by saying to him, it's all yours. The running game is all yours and we'll give you as much of
2: it as you want. Prove it. Yeah, kingsby has got a great scheme for it as well, so you know what it's going to produce. Much yeah. like with Shanahan and anyone in the 49ers, you know that you're always going to get results. Agreed. Okay,
0: Tom, what's your... You give us your two, uh, two second round picks then.
2: Yeah, so first off, I've got George Kill. So with the fourth pick in the second round, that's where he's going at the moment. Um, so to me, he's still going to be Jimmy's, Jimmy G's favourite target. He had 120 targets in total last year, which is 20 more than the guy next on the team, which was Debo Samuel. Um, and I think, like we've we just spoken about with scheme and how important scheme can be. I think Shanahan always finds a way to get George Kittle the ball, um, even if George Kittle's not open. He's still he's still going to he's going to um, muscle his way to get the ball. And even if he's got blanket coverage, he's still even going to get yards after the catch as well. Like he's so good. Um, once he's got the ball in his hands. Um, and then he doesn't drop it as well. He only had two drops um, all season last year. So he's another reliable guy. And I think when you look at the tight end position overall, you've got him and Kelsey who are ahead of everyone else. Then you've probably got Mark Andrews. But I think those two guys, Kelsey or Kittle, if you can get them early on, that gives you such an advantage over anyone else in the league because those guys are getting produced so much, so, so much more points compared to um, everyone else. Yeah,
0: I've been really against taking the tight ends early. But the last few years, Kelsey and Kittle have basically the wrong.
2: Yeah, they've changed it. They I think.
0: Yeah. Who's your
2: second one? Next, I had Josh Jacobs. Um, so to me, he had a great rookie season last year. Obviously, he got injured towards the end. Should have run um, Offensive Rookie of the Year, um, in my opinion. Um, so last year, he was averaging 4.8 yards per attempt and 3.5 yards after contact. So he's getting hit close to line of scrimmage and he's still producing yards. So we're thinking can get that line working a little bit better, give him a little bit more space. He's going to get even more production. Um, he also f- um, forced 69 missed tackles and had 25 runs of 10 yards or more. So getting quite a lot of chunk plays there as well. Yeah. Um, to give good value. Um, and then he's not used as much in the passing game, but um, but I think he probably is a little bit more versatile and could be used that way. But I think at this stage of a draft, you probably all the versatile running backs, especially the, the top tier ones, have already gone. Um, obviously, they'll be going with the like within the first eight picks or so. So, I think getting Josh Jacobs, um, at this time, um, would be a pretty good um, pickup, despite the fact he's not going to give you a massive amount in the passing game. What pick is he? Seventh overall in the second round so far. Obviously, this could change, but I mean, I think based on a season last year, another season. Um, with Gruden knowing the offense. The whole offense should improve. Um, they've got they've got more weapons at wide receiver now as well with Ruggs. Rugs is just gonna take the top off the off the defense again. Like with Mixon, Jacobs isn't gonna see as many stack boxes now. They're gonna to have to respect the passing game a little bit more. So I think that's gonna totally to improve agree. a lot more for him. This is
0: this is one thing that I'll maybe focus on maybe too much, but I think it works in every scenario that we've seen successful offences, as soon as you like let's say the Jaguars a few uh, couple of years when the defense was dominating and they put everything through them in four you got battered, whereas if you open it up a bit more you have a quarterback that can throw the ball mm-hmm. and you have receivers that can catch the ball. I mean immediately everyone gets their, their way. It's yeah. I mean maybe maybe may obvious to say maybe obvious to say, but when you see a team like the Bengals or the Raiders uh, make improvements in those other areas, it does make you more excited about the players that were grinding away when it was hard now going to flourish when, it, when it's a bit easier
2: yeah i think he just opens everything up and makes the whole offense more balanced
0: yeah definitely and that's guy
1: uh i mean love love george kittle uh you know i'm a 49er um i think he's he's one of my favorite players in the league in general just his charisma is he's a fun player so he, funny he's an incredible yeah. incredible tight end but he could play receiver probably defensive end he's one of the best blockers period in the league. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, and you know, again, I've talked about this a lot on our podcast, but something to, to make a mention here of Travis Kelsey and, and George Kittle and Gronk when he was real Gronk. Um, something that gets totally overviewed in the fantasy community. The whole reason these guys are on the field 100% of the time and getting all these targets. Yes, they're beasts. But when they were younger, George Kittle was a backup tight end at Iowa. He was a backup, right? So the reason he was able to become Crazy. George Kittle is because he's a phenomenal blocker. Yeah. And in, a, yeah. in a scheme like the 49ers, they run the ball they first, yeah. and then they, they run off a of play action. I'm a 49er fan, diehard, since I was three years old, all right? 30 years of 49ers. I, am, I do yeah. not believe in Jimmy Garoppolo, period, all right? Jimmy Garoppolo would not be half of who he is right now if they didn't have play action, and a wide open fucking pocket for him to just throw 20-yard bombs all day, right? So, George Kittle, I think, is is a phenomenal player, one of my favorite. What I will say is the fourth pick in the second round for me personally is too early for that. I know it's nitpicking a lot, but, like, four to five more picks later, <laughs> I would be more comfortable on, like, the turn of the second, third round because I still think as much as I love George Kittle, and I'm actually about a top tight end early um, versus – playing roulette later in the in the uh, draft with Kittle and Kelsey I personally would rather grab another stud wide receiver stud running back at that particular position so I love George Kittle but that's a little early for me Josh Jacobs I love thousand yards as a rookie he's only going to get more work Um, they didn't I mean they they got rid of DeAndre Washington who was his competition or his second tier or whatever Lynn Bowden He's a running back on paper, but he's a receiver in real life. He's kind of a quarterback, too. Like I'm not worried about that. He's going to get his touches like Debo does, but he's not going to take away work from Josh Jacobs in his second year. Gruden loves him. Brian Edwards is another receiver for the Raiders, who I love that nobody's really talking about from South Carolina. Ruggs is the big burner. He's the sexy guy. But Brian Edwards is the dude who's going to like control the middle of the field with Waller. And that w- that's what actually removes the, the the linebackers, which is more important for Josh Jacobs. The secondary won't get to him anyway most of the time. The linebackers need to be pushed out of the way. That's Darren Waller. That's Brian Edwards. And that's what I think is going to happen with the Raiders. If Derek Carr and I think my boy Mar- Marcus Mariota can make it happen for the Raiders, Josh Jacobs could be top five easy in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I think with obviously with the 49ers and the Titans last year, how successful they were on the on the ground, basically – showing the league that you can have that average quarterback in place and succeed. However, however, not everyone's going to have the same scheme as those, those guys or the same personnel in their positions. Not Whereas Derrick Henry can carry a team because when he falls forward, he falls forward falls four yards. So even if he falls forward three times, he's got your first down for you. Whereas the 49ers have got the most incredible scheme in the league. It doesn't matter what you play against them they were going to come out with something more imaginative and and fight that way. Whereas, I just think I would never take this tight end in that second round, probably not even the third round. This is why it scares me that I will never have George Kittle or Travis Kelsey in my teams, in fantasy, <laughs> whilst they are good, unless I trade for them, because I am not willing to sacrifice a top wide receiver or running back for a tight end, because... I just don't value that position as much on the, in the fantasy world. I, I always found, I always value your, your core running backs and your receivers because I don't know why, I just think the way I see it is you can get a top 10 tight end and still make the playoffs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I
2: think, I think my counter to that is each week when you look into your matchup on fantasy, two of the names which you look out for each week are Kelsey and Kittle. Because they yeah. can destroy you. They can win the game on themselves. And a lot of it will yeah. depend on who their, opposite, like their actual opposition is. But if I see that I'm up against either of those two, I instantly yeah. think that I'm going to lose like, no, like, no, matter, <laughs> no matter who's Absolutely. in my team. Um, and, and if I've got good matchups, I'm, I don't like to play against those guys because they can dominate so much.
1: Tom, um, I'm with you. And, and, and Ari, to your point, I hear you. And I was actually in that same exact mindset pretty much until last year. And yeah. I passed. I passed. I had multiple yeah. opportunities to get uh, Ertz, Kittle, or Kelsey last year. Didn't do it, and got burned and got beat by them specifically like twelve times. This year, I'm not gonna reach for them. I'm not gonna go crazy. I'm gonna pick Julio Jones over Kelsey and shit like that. But I'll tell you right now, if I'm in the back of the second round and those guys fall to me,
2: yeah, um them.
1: I'm I'm gonna take them. And and here's why: those two specifically. I know Mark Andrews. I know Waller Higby for some people. Um, I know that there's, like, other guys to get in, like, the fourth, fifth, sixth round. I played that game last year. I I punted the top-tier guys because I wanted that stud receiver, stud running back. I went with O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, and what happened. Right? I'm not saying that those guys are going to bust this year. It's just, like, unless they get injured, which neither one of those guys has an injury history at all, which anything could ever happen, Kelsey and Kendall are so far – they're – they, again, they're the Saquon and, and the, the Christian McCaffrey of tight end. They're so far beyond the competition yeah. that if I can get one of those two guys, first of all, I don't think about tight end. Literally the rest of my draft for 14 rounds, and I go running back receiver forever. Also, if I have a running back and then I get – say I get – hypothetically I got like Alvin Kamara and Travis Kelsey. And I get a pick and four picks anyway for a, a wide receiver. Maybe that's Kenny Galladay, Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup, whoever. I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. And I am, I'm going to peg wide receiver and running backs the rest of the draft, and then maybe I go late-round QB. I'll go those two guys, or I punt tight end. I'll go Lamar or Mahomes in the third round, or I'll punt quarterback. And I, the one thing I won't do is I won't go Kelsey and Kittle and Lamar and Mahomes back-to-back. I won't do that because that's too risky. But I will go top running, uh, top quarterback or top tight end and then punt the other position. Um, if I miss out on both, then I'll just stream both positions, and that's worked out over the years. But Mahomes and, and Lamar Jackson and Kittle and Kelsey are just so far beyond the competition. I want to have that risk.
0: Yeah, I can't, agree. can't, I can't disagree. Um, so I'll go on to my, my second rounders. Uh, I've got Austin Eckler uh, uh, second in the second round and Aaron Jones. Uh, at ninth in the second round. Now, Austin Eckler is a first-round draft pick. Now, you may not agree, but that guy is in the best position he could be in. Last year, when, he, when Melvin Gordon came out of the team, he proved that he could run that offence on his own. Yeah, he may have had a, had a few fumbles. Yeah, that, that's fine. I mean, it's not ideal. And it's not ideal.
2: Yeah, it's not ideal, and that's, that's
0: something you should probably work on. But, if you look at what he did, he still finished yeah. RB4 in PPR. And that's with only having like seven weeks as being the RB1 on that team. The rest of it was just taking scraps where he could. Melvin Gordon ran the ball. Now, if you think about it, he only had five hundred and fifty-seven rushing yards that year and still finished RB four. Now that is abysmal for an RB one. Like if you if, if you're looking at him being your RB one and you've got five hundred and fifty seven rushing yards, you're thinking he's he's had a nightmare, he's had, had the worst year possible. But no, because he had like almost a thousand receiving yards. So and 11, 11 touchdowns. So imagine this guy, if you give him a full year with a quarterback that doesn't know the system. So, quarterbacks sitting there needing that relief of that out the backfield running back. It, it, and then you're not, you're not sitting there saying, oh, the rest of the offense is awful. It's not You've got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry in the, in, in, the, in the passing game. I think he is in the best position as a running back. Probably one of the best positions in the league at the moment because he's going to benefit from everything in that team. Um he's
2: gonna get a lot of dump offs. Off. I just don't know yeah, why yeah. he doesn't go to slot receiver, because if he went to slot receiver he could get more money as well when it came to payday. You got a good contract anyway, but
1: Dude, he, me, he's,
2: he's he, basically he, just a slot receiver who occasionally can go into the backfield.
1: He blew yeah. it though. I mean he, he got his money before everyone else got their money.
2: Yeah. So he
1: actually screwed himself by getting paid early. Yeah. He would have made a lot more money because the market exploded like after he got paid.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I and I agree that it is Timing it right, isn't it? with his, with his contracts, and this is what I'm I'm learning in the NFL, it's all about timing. Uh, and when these players hold out, you think, "Oh, why are you doing that?" But I just think it's all about, all about place, right, right? Right place, right time. He is going to benefit so much this year from being where he is. And um, my second one, sorry, Oh no, no, no,
1: go, go, go first, because I actually I've got a bone to pick with both of them.
0: Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> like Orange, Aaron Jones. This is on the back of obviously what you said as well about your uh, Devontae Adams pick. <coughs> I honestly think that the Packers are going to run the ball three times out of four as much as they can. They, I think, picking Jordan Love in that first round basically said to Aaron Jones, that Aaron Rodgers, sorry, we do not care about how you feel at the moment. Run, um, out, your, run out your contract or or leave. Like we we are running the ball. We're running, running Matt Lafleur's scheme, and that is run run run. Now he is the primary running back in that. In that team, and I think he'll get more of ball this year. So, if he, no one's getting 19 touchdowns again, he's, he's, that's going to have to come down. But how much does it come down? I, I, I don't think it's going to come down that, that much. And the Packers aren't a bad team at all. And there isn't many options in that passing game at all. He was, was he that? I think he was like the second leading receiver in that team last year, Aaron Jones. So, yeah. I mean, I can't Are you see. You're not worried
2: that AJ Dillon's going to take some of his rushing snaps, though? I am. that's my worry they, they've drafted him in the second round for a reason so yeah, we well, I, I, I love Aaron Jones I don't know why they draft AJ Dillon to me it doesn't make a lot of sense but I'd be nervous to take Aaron Jones because just, just because of what they've done in the offseason
0: I think he might be taking Jamal Williams place I, I mean the whole the
1: whole fantasy community hopes you're right <laughs> unfortunately yeah. for yeah. the last two years that has not been the case Mike McCarthy and Matt LaFleur both did, refused. Now, you know, we kind of have a saying on our podcast that like, it's less about the player, it's the situation. And the perfect yeah. example of this every single time is Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson mm-hmm. was on the Chiefs or he was you know, on one of these, the Saints, whatever, if he had a, a, a game script where they said, hey, Russ, throw the ball 40 times, win us a game. I promise you the Seahawks should be 13-3 and three annually, but they don't. Yeah. And we see Russell Wilson. They're down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter every single week. I live in the Northwest. I watch the Seahawks every week, and I hate them. And, <laughs> and he has to come by, back, Houdini himself, to two touchdowns, yeah. and he does it most of the time because he's incredible. Yeah. The same thing goes with Aaron Jones. This dude is phenomenal. If he gets another contract onto another team, which running backs just don't get it anymore, I think he could really flourish like Kenyon Drake did once he was released out of Miami. My problem is, again, nothing to do with the player. Love Aaron Jones. But I'm worried. I am worried. I think I think Tom's on to something. A.J. Dillon is, is the beast. Obviously, the comp that came out of the combine was Derrick Henry. Look, Derrick Henry <laughs> is his own mutant. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, he's like, unusual. He's, he is... Faster, bigger, stronger than than almost any other running back that's ever come around, and the and the other guys, Josh Jacobs, Legarrette Blount, uh, those type of dudes who have been that big have lasted a couple of seasons. Derrick Henry's been doing it for quite a while. Anyway, I'm worried about that. Um, I want to do. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into it because there's a lot to cover here. But with Aaron Jones, he's one of just he's. One of just two running backs, Alvin Kamara is the other one, who finished as a top 30 30 running back in the last 10 years with under 300 touches. That's a problem for me because, again, it's efficiency, 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 which is cool, but with Alvin Kamara, we've seen it year after year, and that's his game. I don't think that's Aaron Jones' game. I also don't think that he's going to get those 19 touchdowns, and if he gets like 14, which is still a lot for a running back, he's going to plummet. So I'm I'm concerned about AJ Dillon taking that taking that run from him. And again, I think Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers will throw the ball more. Let's move on to uh, Austin Eckler. <laughs> I also have a gripe here. And again, nothing to do with the player. Love Austin Eckler. If they didn't bring in Joshua Kelly, if Justin Jackson wasn't as good as I think he is, but he got hurt as a rookie last year and never played, I think Austin Eckler would be a top five running back for me, no problem. But he's not. He's 14 for me, and I think I'm probably lowest on him out of anybody and the biggest issue um is let's see here i'm just looking at my card here the biggest issue is that he had a career high in 32 carries last year which is great but he as you mentioned had less than 160 rushing yards not going to cut it you cannot rely on a thousand yard receiving from your running back unless you're christian mccaffrey and having half of that on the ground he's extremely efficient which is great but the problem is if he gets about 1,000 total yards, which I think he might with three running backs and Tyrod Taylor um, and a least efficient offense with Phillip Rivers leaving, and maybe five touchdowns, that would put him roughly about RB20. So the whole thing is like with and without Melvin Gordon. Okay, let's look at that. 20 touches a game without Melvin Gordon for the first four games. He was beasting, 24 fantasy points per game. That's incredible. But with a second running back there, who I think Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly will be that this year, he had uh, 14 points per game, um, which, again, 10 less fantasy points per game. I think that's all going to add up over the season, and I'm concerned about it. Again, nothing to do with, with Austin Eckler, but if Tom is right and they don't move him to the slot because Keenan Allen's there, he's going to be awesome, and he's going to have a couple 80-yard runs because he's shifty and he's a beast. He's not going to get the uh, the goal line shit that Melvin Gordon used to get because he's not as big. Joshua Kelly is that kind of running back. He's a bowling ball. Um, again, he is like my first round, second round fade, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. And Aaron, Aaron Jones is close to it as well.
0: Well, this is why we have you on because I just think I know everything, whereas you might actually have something to back it up. But uh, <laughs> honestly, with Austin Eckler, though, he, uh, he, had, he had Justin Jackson there last year too when he still managed to – out of
1: the box so yeah but 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 again justin, justin jackson was hurt most of the season melvin gordon okay what people don't realize about melvin gordon i don't have it pulled up and again we're i know we're getting long in the tooth here so i'm not going to dig it up melvin gordon was out the first four games because he held out okay what yeah. people don't realize is that melvin gordon was terrible yeah. like legit un. Unpla- now people played him because he's melvin gordon yeah he he was unplayable if you could retroactively take a player out of your roster who was shitty <laughs> for, the first, for, the, for the first half of the season, it would have been Melvin Gordon, I promise you. He was terrible um, in the first four games back because, again, he was not in football shape. We saw it with Le'Veon Bell last year after he sat out. The Jets are terrible anyway. But Lev wasn't ready either. And, again, I'm worried about that. Justin Jackson's the truth. I really believe that. Austin Eckler fell into opportunity last year and super proved himself. So he got paid, and he's the dude. Honestly, though, A, I'm worried about durability because he's just not a bell cow running back body. Secondly, Joshua Kelly's legit too out of UCLA and, uh, and, and um, Justin Jackson too, man. So, again, I don't hate Austin Eckler. I'm worried that everybody's just going to think about last year. They're going to remember that 90 yard screen pass and not look <laughs> at like in depth analysis of what this offense is going to look like. Also, let's not forget, as long as Tyrod Taylor's healthy at least four weeks, he's going to run the ball as well. And my boy, Justin Herbert, who's a duck, I'm a duck. I live down the street from Watson Stadium here, uh, the University of Oregon. Justin Herbert's a pocket passer, but he can run too. Yeah,
2: so I don't I, get why Oregon didn't use him more in the running game.
1: Oh, don't get me know
2: more, You'll know more about that than me. But I mean, when yo, you look at him and you can see how he can move, I don't understand. Watch I think the he can Rose coming, Bowl, he can, man. He can be Josh Allen.
1: He, he came. Oh, man, don't get me fired up on, on that. He, he, <laughs> brought, he brought the Ducks back single-handedly in the Rose yeah. Bowl on the ground. Go watch those highlights in the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin. He brought them back with a couple big runs. Anyway, what I'm saying is two mobile quarterbacks is good overall for the scheme and opens up the run game generally. But for swing dump off running backs, not the best because Tyrod Taylor could just pick up that six, seven yards by himself. Those are my concerns with and Aaron Jones.
0: I've come into this conversation thinking, I've got one here. This is, this is my pick here. First round, that, Austin, act that. And I've come out this conversation thinking, I have got no idea what I'm
1: talking about. <laughs> hey, man, I'm not here to throw shade. I'm here to just simply bring a different perspective. Again, yeah. look, I hope with fantasy football, when I, when, I talk, when I talk smack on players and I'm like, look, Aaron Jones isn't going to produce. Uh, you know, Austin Eckler's not the guy. I hope for my sake and everybody else's sake that I am wrong. I hope Austin yeah. Eckler gets 20 touches a game and yeah. he's a fucking animal. I hope Aaron Jones gets 25 touchdowns this year and A.J. Dillon rides the bench. That's what we all want. Yeah. Yeah. I just I've – been, I've been diehard football for <laughs> 25 it. years, bro. It doesn't work like that.
2: No. Yeah.
0: Okay, so moving on. Uh, Sky, do you want to go with your third rounders?
1: Yeah, I will. And just to be respectful of your time here, um, how are we doing on time overall? And shall I really break this down or should I just kind of mention some names?
0: Keep going same pace. We're going with third round at the
1: same pace. Okay, I know we're long in the tooth on this episode, so if we want to split it later on, we we can more than more than certainly do that. No problem. I want to. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to lose listeners because we're getting too excited on our stats here. So, <laughs> <laughs> appreciate yeah, you okay. continuing to tune in here with us. Uh, you know, bear with us. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so again, I'll just do two at a time, and um, I went with uh, three receivers in the first two rounds. And Kenyon Drake, I'm going to back it up with two running backs. So I'm going to go with two receivers, two running backs in these rounds here. So Clyde edwards uh, that's my dog. I so said we're going to talk about him later for Kansas City in the third round. That's my dude, and I'll break him down in just a second. And Todd Gurley, and I know it's not like a sexy pick, but like no, I love the, dude it. Was, the dude was a running back one last year, and he had one leg. He feels, like, he feels yeah. like he's Frank Gore, but he's like 25 years old. And he goes to, <laughs> in my opinion, at like right now, a better offense than L.A. is at this point with the Rams because they just don't have an identity anymore. Uh, I think the Falcons are insane. We saw what Devonta Freeman was able to do over the last couple of years. Anyway, so let me break down both these guys real quick, and we'll move on. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, obviously the rookie out of LSU. Dude's a machine. Andy Reid came out and right away said that, you know, he watched tape on him, whatever, and he said that he was better than Brian Westbrook. For you kids out there who don't know the, who the hell Brian Westbrook is, he was, you know, incredible yeah. for the Eagles forever. He's like, you know, me playing fantasy football for 12, 15 years. He's like the original – like him and LaDainian Tomlinson were the original, like, Christian McCaffrey at running back. Yeah. Like, if you, if, you don't have, if you don't have this double, like, two positions in one player – you're going to lose your league, period. Brian Westbrook was that good. And Andy Reid, who coached him forever in Philadelphia, said Clyde Edwards-Solaire is at least as talented. So we'll see what happens. Um, He's a three-down back, which you don't see very often, especially not in the third round. I do not believe um, in Damian Williams. I haven't for years. I know he could have been the Super Bowl MVP. I don't believe in it.
2: Uh, (laughs) He could definitely be that
1: dude. Um, Over the last seven years, over the last seven years, running backs who have been drafted in the first round have averaged 280 touches per year in year one. That's almost 300 touches in year one. That's incredible, all right? That's like borderline Derrick Henry, Zeke Elliott, all right, as a rookie, which we love to see. 75% of them have finished as a uh, RB2 or better. That's from my man Mike Tagliera, Fantasy Pros, one of my favorite analysts in the game, always breaking it down heavy. So there's not a lot of stats, obviously, because I'm not going to compare college – especially on LSU, fucking a machine, um, compared to the NFL. But I will say that the talent is there, the draft capital is there. And look, the Chiefs had the last pick in the first round. They had literally every single running back on the board. Yeah, Andre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, who everybody said, fide number one or two in this class, period. No matter what the scheme is, no matter the team, those are the two. Andy Reid is just like, nah, we don't need a running back. We don't need a high powered offensive weapon. We could use some defense. I'm going to take like the fifth running back on everybody's board because he fits our scheme and I'm going to fucking load this kid up. So honestly, if I were to go running or wide receiver, wide receiver, it would, it would make my skin crawl to do it, and I'd be nervous as shit all season. <laughs> but I'd be pretty stoked to land CEH as my first running back in the third round. Um, next up, Todd Gurley. I mean, we know the history of Todd Gurley. I'm not going to dive into it too much. But 98 touches over the final five games last year. The huge thing two years ago when they went to the playoffs and went to the Super Bowl, and C.J. Anderson resurrected himself and played in the Super Bowl because Todd Gurley fell off the wagon his knees were, were out from underneath him. Last year, they managed the load, which was a pain in the ass for all fantasy owners because he was not taught early. He still had 14 touchdowns.
2: I so thought he still produced a knee with a touchdown. He,
1: he, he was still a running yeah. back one, and people don't understand it. You know? So, again, if Christian McCaffrey is the running back six this year somehow, it's going to be devastating. When people don't realize, like, that's Alvin Kamara. You know, I mean, like, you have to put shit into perspective. So, basically, to, to wrap it up, um, that's basically 20 touches per game, which I love for my running back, anytime. The Falcons have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL peri- uh, period. The Rams were the number one pass-blocking offense in the league last year. 31st in run blocking. Bro, Cam Akers goes from Florida State, who was the worst in FBS,
2: Goes to the, the
1: worst Rams. Well. <laughs> <laughs> So he's another conversation. Yeah. Gurley, oh, up, Gurley upgrades. The last thing that makes me super pumped on Gurley and to take this risk, Atlanta running backs have averaged 1,383 yards and 10 touchdowns on the ground while averaging 572 yards and five touchdowns through the air over the last three years. You're talking about Devonta Freeman, who's been as injured, if not more than Todd Gurley mm. and who Tevin Coleman, who's like a backup in San Francisco. Brian Hill, who's a dude. Like, I mean, you know, sign me up for Todd Gurley all day. He's worth the risk. Look, if he gets hurt in week six, am I going to be shocked? Hell no. I'm going to have to draft accordingly if I get Todd Gurley. But I'll take Todd Gurley for the first four to six to eight weeks and hope for more. Over.
0: I shit I most of this
1: draft in the third round, bro. I'm pretty stoked on both these guys.
0: I love both those picks. But you know what? My concern, with, I did raise this concern with Tom a few weeks ago.
2: Like, I disagree. In,
0: of course you didn't. We tried that with The Chiefs don't need to put in a new running back. You may not like Demian Williams, but he works. He's not, not terrible, but he's okay. So if you think about it, they have no need, as you said as well with the uh, off-season not being fantastic, with them not being able to meet each other, there's no need to rush this rookie running back in and let him struggle. They can quite happily go into that season with Any Williams and win the first four games, and then start playing them, there's no ne- or ease them in, like five touches a the game, then ten touches, you know, there's no need for them to go in and go, you are our lead back, go for it. So this is what, my only, cons- is talent wise, you can't, I don't think they'll do that, actually-
2: they wouldn't, they wouldn't pick him in the first round, if they weren't just oh, going to put him in straight oh. away.
0: It didn't and need-
2: if you watched him in LSU, he could do everything. He was the back that I wanted in the second round for Tampa. I'd have loved to have him behind Brady. Yo, that would have been so on, nice he- to watch. Um, but I think with Edward Blair, like one thing that you kept seeing from the scouts was, in, was his intelligence. So I don't think that he'll have that much of a problem, despite the fact the offseason being the way it is, being able to um, pick up the offense. And if Andy Reid's going to have a, a plan how to use him, Yes, he'll probably have to get used to how Mahomes plays because that is a little bit chaotic at times. But I, I still think he'll be able to fit in pretty comfortably. And I think he'll have the best season out of, a rookie, out of, out of the rookie winning backs.
1: Mario, right, let me throw this at you really quick while we're talking about ECH. So um, – or C-E-H, sorry. Uh <laughs> Now, if you look back for a long time, obviously, Jamal Charles, he's a—he's a, with with Brian Westbrook there. Fantasy Football Hall of Famers, for sure. Um, and then, of course, Kareem Hunt, as a rookie, had 1,400 rushing yards as a bell count.
0: Okay? Yeah, yeah. smashed
1: it. Andy Reid wants that guy. He did that in Philadelphia forever, okay? Yeah. Deuce Staley, LaShawn McCoy. I mean, just go down the list. Last year and the last couple of years, Damian Williams has been hurt anyway, but he's like the last man standing most of the time. Yeah, Darwin, so Darwin Thompson was a six-round pick. He can't, he can't uh, last. Kareem Hunt obviously had his shit show and got shipped out. Uh, Spencer Ware, who I super like, has been injured as well. Uh, D- uh, Darrell Williams, he didn't or Darryl Williams, he didn't uh, pan out either. So, in my opinion, to draft him in the first round, first of all, is a statement, and you're right. Here's yeah. the deal. They don't need him. That's why it makes me more excited.
0: I <laughs> <Why> would just <you laughs>
1: take this guy. If you're not like, dude, we're just yeah. going to straight up oh, that- prove a point that, hey, we're not going to have a Super Bowl hangover. And B, we're going to fucking extra smash. Dude, the Patriots got better <laughs> going into that season. They were undefeated, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, so let's say if they lose the first two games, yeah, you're going to see them all out. Let's go with them. But if they win the first two games by like giving them like five touches behind Williams as a backup, there is no need that to say, right, you are carrying our team. You've got Mahomes. You've got uh, Kelsey. You've got Tariq Hill. There is, and you got Williams, who have been doing a fine job. and that, that is the word for it. He is just fine. He's but he's not special. going to carry
2: the team. Like you're not picking a third round pick isn't going to be a player that's going to carry the team.
0: Anyway, if so you but think... well, that's your RB two. So that, that if you, let's say you are RB running back wide receiver, he's your RB two. And I just don't feel safe enough at this moment. When I, when I've seen um, Andy Reid take Mahomes, got the time was a bit of an unknown, put him behind Alex Smith for a year and then brought that this, this superstar. You know full, You know already that running backs' careers are shorter because they get battered.
2: Yes. you put the line up straight away?
0: No, why, why, not, why, not, why not prolong it by saying to him, let's not, let's not get you battered for the first year. We can do it without you. You, you can win the first seven games without, without you getting battered. Then you come in fresh, second half of the season, and dominate. You know, I just think of it, as you said nice. before, player, fantastic situation. Amazing for the team fantasy wise
2: maybe not ideal so, so he might be the only person all so. right all
1: right here, so look i i i do want to move on but i, I just here's here's a bigger thing too so so are you bring up the you bring up the schedule which i think in in normal circumstances i think is is smart you're right like they don't need him. damien williams yeah. is fine while he's healthy so like look they probably won't use him. They, they may not um and look it could blow up on my face but first of all i'll ask you two <laughs> questions here um i'm going to bring up so these are my, my personal rankings, all right? So I've got CEH at 15, running back 15 right now. This is PPR. I have Aaron Jones behind him, which I know you're not happy with. We'll talk about that again later. But I'm going to list off like five or six guys behind him, and who of, those, of that group would you want over CEH with their entire situation? Uh, yeah. You know, Okay. So um, CEH, all right. So Aaron Jones, yes. Uh, Chris Carson, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell. David Montgomery, and then I've got James White and Jonathan Taylor and stuff. But let's take, like, Bell Cows-ish. Chris Carson, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, David Montgomery.
0: Le'Veon Bell. That's it. Correct. Maybe Chris Carson, if he stays fit, but that's about it.
1: Okay. Um, And I just gave you my ranking, so obviously I I disagree there. Uh, Last thing would be (laughs) – the last thing would be the schedule. So you mentioned the first seven games is what you said, so I'm going to ring it out. The Chiefs have – they're at – or they get Houston at home. And it'll be a shootout, but they're going to run the Texans. Not worried about that. Yeah. At the Chargers, the Chargers mm-hmm. are the only team, maybe in the AFC, but definitely the only team in the AFC West that did not improve on offense in the draft. They didn't need to outside of Herbert. They buried the defense, though. Yeah. So while the Raiders and the Broncos said, look, we have to track me with the Chiefs to stay in the game, the Chargers were like, look, our offense is pretty good. Why don't we, like, bone up already a top-five defense that's a divisional game in L.A. That could be an upset right off the bat. Yeah. Then the next week it gets harder. They go at Baltimore. I think the Ravens could straight up beat them because obviously they're going to have that revenge in the playoffs.
2: And they've got and, Patrick McQueen now. And Patrick McQueen, oh, Patrick McQueen.
1: Animal. And then they get New England at home. Now I know Tom Brady's not there and the Patriots aren't the Patriots.
0: Okay, Bye, But they're,
1: they're still the Patriots, dude. It's still <laughs> the defense. I. It's going to be close. They get the Raiders. It's a divisional game. They're at Buffalo. That's never an easy game. Then they're at Denver as well. So, look, I'm not saying the Chiefs going exactly. not lose all the games. But if they went, like, four and three during that stretch, it would be shocking, yeah.
2: but yeah. It, would, yeah. it
1: would not really super surprise me. And then, again, you're starting to look at why are we losing games? What is the missing piece? I'm not saying CEH is the savior, but he might be a, a new –
0: yeah. that, yeah. that
1: they're able to put in there. So, CEH and Todd Gurley I'm very confident with. Again, I sold the third round,
0: but I'll turn it to you guys. Sweet, tell me your third rounders.
2: Yeah, I'll hit these guys real quick. Got two wide receivers. I've got DJ Moore, obviously from the Panthers, and then Cooper Cup. Um, So to me, DJ Moore is going to be on the end of a lot of slants, shallow crosses, screens. Teddy, Teddy doesn't like to throw the ball deep, does he? Um, But I think that fits more because he's best in space after the catch anyway. That's where he's going to rack up a lot of his yardage. Um, Like last year, he was 19 targets, 10th in receptions, and 8th in overall yards. So To me, he could repeat that. Um, He's probably going to get better quarterback play after Teddy um, anyway. Um, My only slight worry would be Robbie Anderson. If Robbie Anderson can slot in that offense quite easily, which I think is probably a bit hit and miss, um, that could potentially take a little bit away from DJ Moore. And then going on to Cooper Cup, um, obviously, Sky, you mentioned that um the Rams don't really have an identity on offense at the moment I think the only thing that I would say is the one reliable part of that offense is Cooper Cup I agree um, yeah. he's always going to produce is. um he's the perfect receiver for McVay's system and he's got favorites to target um he can run all the routes he always finds a way to get open if the scheme doesn't get him, um get him open anyway and he's got really good touchdown production so last year he had 10 touchdowns overall which was second in the league um and then I think this year, when you look at what they've got at running back, and obviously when you touch on the fact that their, their line is terrible uh, in run protection, I think they're going to spread the ball out a lot more and look to pass it even more. Um, probably not going um, gonna to get Goff to be chucking it downfield all the time, but if they just let him spread it out, similar to what you kind of saw from LSU a little bit last year with Burrow, just waiting for his guy to get open and hitting him quickly, um, I think that would help Cooper Cup as well, increasing his targets even more.
0: Yeah, definitely. I I think with the Panthers as well, obviously there was a lot of focus on defense um, in the draft. He knew what he was doing. that Rule. He knew he knew his offense was already fine. Bridgewater isn't a bad quarterback at all. Running back sorted. Absolutely, absolute speed does receivers and the tight end is is fine. They knew that uh, defense, uh, defense was what would keep them in games, whilst the offense just ticked over. And I think you are right. With DJ Moore is going to be the better factor of all of this because. Yeah, McCaffrey, he'll be McCaffrey. You, you can't change that unless he gets injured. Whereas DJ Moore is going to be Teddy's go-to man. He, yeah. As you say, he does not like to go deep at all. So 10, 15 yards is his is his safety blanket. So DJ Moore. 10 yards, Yeah. <laughs> Ten yeah. Yards,
1: I just want to jump in there really quick. So so uh, t- out of 40 qualifying quarterbacks last year, Teddy Bridgewater had the lowest ADP which is average depth of target, if people don't know that. Six yeah. yards. Six yards was his <laughs> average yeah. like pass. The,
2: the, literally, the only game he threw the ball deep last year was against Tampa. That was his only one. And he did it really well, obviously, yep. because you know, it's Tampa. <laughs>
1: but but um, I, I mention that because that, that matches uh, DJ Moore's DJ Moore. game perfectly. Yeah which I love. DJ mm-hmm. uh, Moore, obviously, only four touchdowns as well last year, and that'll, that'll go up, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. Although Christian McCaffrey's just a, a hog. So um, I love both those picks, man, to be honest with you. I'll, I'll save it there.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think Cooper Cup as well is like the all-round receiver. I mean, he doesn't do anything flashy, but he does everything
2: to a good size. So reliable. I think yeah. it's so reliable. Yeah.
1: I'll give you a quick, quick question here. C- uh, compatible uh, receivers. Cooper Cup in the third, Robert Woods in the fifth.
2: Cup this year? Mm. I think so they kind of get some production anyway. They're, they're both going to end up with a thousand yards. Coop Cup would probably had, would have um, more receptions. So in the PPR, you probably get a bit of advantage from that. But I don't think they're that dissimilar in um, players. Yeah. Got
0: it. Okay, so, so we'll you... move on to my, uh, my third rounders. Um, I've got Amari Cooper at fifth in the third round. And I've got uh, Leonard Fournette, my boy at uh, seventh in the third round. Now, if you look at Cooper, my, my view of it is, that okay, Lambs come in, so one person's going to have to suffer, in my eyes, and that'll be Gallup, because the, the only reason why is Gallup is an unbelievable receiver. So is lamb, and so is Cooper. Cooper is inconsistent. However, what Cooper does really, really well is separation. When you, when you see him, when he does make his big catches, he is miles away from his, from his coverage. It's because he breaks out of it that easily. Now, I think when you have got all those miles to feed, what do you do? You find the easiest person to find, and that is usually going to be the person that breaks it from coverage. And, and that's the only reason why I'm saying that. There is no statistical versions or anything else. I just think that if someone's going to lose out to the gallop, I think Cooper will be the guy that benefits from this. And I think picking up in the middle of the third round is, as a, as a wide receiver one, still, still pretty strong. As you said before, Sky, you are focusing on other, other groups in the first two rounds. Pick up a wide receiver one still in the third round. Pretty strong. And with Fournette. Fournette is a dual-threat running back. And, the one, and he, he, was, he got 1,600 yards last year combined. Now, he may stay his average yards are three yards. Yeah, that's fine. But he's still got over 1,600 yards. Not over 500 yards in the passing game. That's unbelievable. He's like the fifth most targeted running back in the league. So, if you are looking PPR, he is top five. I think he finished RB7 in a PPR league last year. Now, considering he was in an absolute shambles of an offence with a terrible O line, with quarterback issues everywhere. I mean, before, Tom was saying that uh, Joe Mixon was uh, excused because he was getting stacked boxes. But that's what Leonard Fournette's faced his whole career, stacked boxes. And then he still managed to break through and get those long runs and be that runner. And last year... Obviously, before last year, you got all the uh, criticism saying he's useless in the passing game and then proved last year that he's not. So I just think if you put him in the back of Minshew again when he actually did perform well with Minshew last year, I think this is the year where you're taking him in the second half of the third round. That's a steal.
1: Tom, I'll let you go first
2: um I'll, I'll talk a little bit about Fournette. I don't want to talk too much about him because right. I feel like uh, I'm knowing about him too much.
1: My, my my Fournette is very simple. I love Fournette. He might hold out. He's got to be on the team. He's got to be happy. But if he gets the work, I'm in it. uh Running back eight for me right now. I love Fournette. I'll take Amari Cooper though.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean with Fournette, I just don't like him. He doesn't pass the eye test. And obviously, who am I to to say he passes the eye test or not? But I'm never really going to be fully on board with Fournette. Um, and then with Cooper, I just looked then at where CD Lamb is getting taken. Obviously, he's going to be a rookie. He's not got the NFL experience. But the average draft position for him at the moment in terms of the round is the ninth round. Would you rather take Amari Cooper in the third round or CD Lamb in the ninth round?
1: Michael Gallup in the sixth all day long.
2: Yeah, or Gallup. Because yeah, I, I, think- I love Gallup last year. I had him in pretty much every team, every team I had, and he produced. And I think he will miss out a little bit of, as a result of CD Lamb. But I think all three of those guys are gonna to have to share a lot more on the Cowboys. I
1: think the biggest think thing with is like Dak Prescott's <laughs> a top three quarterback is what this comes down to.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mike McCarthy is all passing game, which means that there's one player gonna suffer a lot here, and it is Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. I think the passing game is gonna be all it's gonna be an absolute shootout with Dallas every game now, uh, which benefits all three receivers. I just think it benefits Cooper more. Um I mean, Fournette, you can you can jog on, Tom, because at the, at the moment, he's, <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: you got your car. Just yeah, he doesn't pass the eye test. Well, I hear you, matches? Tom? Yeah. I think I think where you
1: I think I feel where you're coming from. First of all, I like I like Fournette, but I think the difference is, um, he rarely has a big play. He is yeah, who he not, is. There's nothing splashy. Yeah. He he had a career high in targets, obviously, in receptions and everything else last year. Three touchdowns.
2: Is a cr- that's what yeah, cr- That's what got me the most. I mean, this dude, right. this
1: dude should have he should have 10-15 on accident.
2: Yeah. You know, Ryan like, Fitzpatrick had more rushing touchdowns last year than him. Ryan Fitzpatrick oh, really had though, four yeah. rushing touchdowns oh, last year.
0: Yeah, but it's down for, the it had three. He, yeah, he can't drag the offense all the way there and then score on his own. Fitzpatrick to-
2: dragged the um drag the dolphins offense it, everywhere. They were terrible on offense. He had no one um, in front of him to protect him. He basically had a sieve in front of him, and he's like a 40-year-old man running for his life. And he's still you know better.
0: I'll tell you, if you put that is all that with the 49ers, it'd be RB3. Oh, don't even bro,
1: don't get me excited. Um, the 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 Ryan Fitzpatrick thing's funny because he actually led the dolphins in rushing yards.
2: Rushing, yeah. I know. He that's a,
1: that's embarrassing. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. so really quick on Fournette, you know, he was, he was still, he had, he had nearly the most touches inside the red zone, inside the five yard line on the goal line. They just couldn't convert because you're right. He ran 70 yards by himself and then he couldn't muster three more fucking feet. So he didn't get his touchdowns. Um, Garner Minshew's going to run the ball a little bit more, which I like. LaVisca Chenault, I think, is going to be huge for them uh, and might help out Fournette. In general, Jacksonville's a train wreck, and I am worried about the franchise overall. But I do like Fournette. He's just not sexy, but he gets the volume. Now, Amari Cooper. <laughs> we'll, we'll end it on a high note. Um, just for fun. Just, I'm going to take CeeDee Lamb out of this because he's a rookie, and it's not fair to pick on people that haven't proven themselves. So I'm going to leave that until next year. But Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. Amari Cooper finished in PPR wide receiver 10 fabulous okay michael gallup finished 22 he missed two games michael gallup played two less games than amari cooper he had 10 percent more snap share than amari cooper average obviously um he had 13 less receptions which he could cover in two games easy and tie there he had um uh basically the same receptions per game He had 80 less yards overall and missed two games. Over two games, he easily surpasses Amari Cooper in yardage. He had two less touchdowns. He could tie on that, no problem, as well. Targets, seven less, he would pass him on that as well. Targets per game, he already had 8.6 to 7.9 in Amari Cooper. So Dak Prescott targeted Michael Gallup, basically a target a game more than Amari Cooper. Um, Target market share, 1% more, which doesn't sound like much. That's quite impressive as well. Similar air yards. More air yards per game and a uh, m- uh, little bit larger A dot as well for Michael Gallup. So that is all to say, I don't hate Amari. <laughs> I don't hate Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is inconsistent. Michael Gallup, his biggest issue and the only thing people can say about Michael Gallup is that he's not a number one. Sure, Ceedee Lamb came in now. I get that that's a thing this year, but that he drops passes. Let's not forget that Amari Cooper was like drops top five talented receiver in his first three years in Oakland. Like, he was, he was getting Antonio Brown route-running comparisons in his yeah. first three years, but he wasn't very good because he'd have 200 yards one week and 19 the next week, and he dropped six passes, whatever. He grew out of that. He became a full-fledged adult fucking fantasy receiver, and Michael Gallup is going to do that. That's his only knock. The dude's a beast. He's as big, he's as fast, he's as strong. I personally think he's a better red zone receiver. Dak Prescott likes him. And if you're in a keeper league, and a dynasty obviously is always a different conversation. I'm punting Amari Cooper, period, in dynasty. I'll just throw that out there. In a keeper league, Michael Gallup is the guy to target, in my opinion, because Amari Cooper's not going to be in Dallas next year, in my opinion. Michael Gallup Gallup will be the number one. CeeDee Lamb will be Michael Gallup and the show will go on, assuming that yeah. Scott stays there. Maybe it's Andy Dalton. That's another conversation. But if you're talking Amari Cooper in the third, Michael Gallup in the sixth, CeeDee Lamb in the ninth, I don't know about CeeDee Lamb yet, and he's still the third option, maybe fourth behind Zeke. We'll see what happens. So I'm going to punt CeeDee Lamb until late. If I compare the other two, Michael Gallup in the sixth, fifth even, all day long.
0: So what we've learned here is that basically for my draft, I'm going to zoom link to you. Um, and everyone knows a about decision you can just say whoa what are you doing there
1: what are you doing there <laughs> i hey i'm free anytime boys i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm happy to help But and like i said you know people that are still tuning in it might be best that we just splice into two episodes so we can keep it a little bit you know in depth but you know it's the first time we're connecting and i really uh i really enjoyed and i wanted to link up with you guys like this and again man i'm i i'm happy to talk fantasy football all day and go in depth and i think it was important that we did this So. Uh, maybe we'll yeah. just spice it up and, and, and dupe it over too so we don't lose people. But, um, you know, it's a lot of fun. And I think what's, what's fun about doing these things is people can do rankings all day long. And we just put ours on the website. and People can go over busts and breakouts and sleepers. And we're going to reconnect again real soon here uh, for the TCK Pods 200th episode, which is awesome. Um, and we're going to cover some of that shit because it's fun to do and, and why not. Yeah. But yeah, I'll be the first one to tell you <laughs> 90% of that shit is garbage. Like it, it doesn't matter. Sounds good though. It, it's not relative it does, it does. to your actual drafts, but what is relative is saying, Hey, who do I find value on and why? Yeah. And look, and, and Ari, you just happened to be the one that I combated with this round. And it, maybe it'll be Tom next time. Who knows?
0: Um, again. <laughs> but, but
1: look, dude, first of all, it's all love, of course. Uh, and we're just, okay. here to, we're, we're just here to bring content for our, yeah. our people. That's all we're here to do. And, it's super important that we authentically disagree and and back it up. One thing that we, yeah. we pride ourselves with on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast is integrity and authenticity. And I look my favorite episodes of the whole year. If anybody listens to the Fantasy Footballers, which I'm sure there there cannot be a fantasy football fan that listens to our podcast that doesn't listen yeah. to theirs. But if yeah. you're somehow unfamiliar with the Fantasy Footballers, they're they're the top of the tier in the independent uh, landscape. But what they started doing years ago, that is my favorite episodes of what they do, is the truth episodes. And they come in after the Super Bowl, before the next season and before the draft, and they break down their previous year's rankings and why things happened to players. Did they get hurt? Did they yeah. get taken over? Blah, blah, blah. Right? David Johnson was a top four running back before he got hurt. Kenyon Drake, I know. Kenyon Drake comes in. David Johnson's hurt. Chase Edmonds had four touchdowns in one game. He got hurt. Kenyon Drake comes in. He becomes the running back for the rest of the year. The Cardinals running back is the guy you want. But you think of David Johnson now, and you're like, dude, the guy's old. He's been hurt. He let me down three years in a row. Fuck that, right? What you don't realize is that he was actually about to win you a league, but he got injured. So it's just really discussing this kind of shit is my favorite part of fantasy. And look, let's, let's revisit this next year. How did Maury Cooper do? How did Michael Gallup do? Did CeeDee Lamb actually come in and produce? Because we see these sexy draft picks every single year. And I love CeeDee Lamb. I wanted the Niners to scoop him up. Um, uh, uh, I love Ayuk, but I, I wanted CeeDee Lamb like everybody did. But the third option, maybe the fourth, and split in the middle of the field with Blake Jarwin, who, I mean, Jason Witten was the tight end 11, and he can't move. Blake, Jarwin, <laughs> yeah. Blake Jarwin's going to be a beast. So, yeah. again, long-winded story, but like I really appreciate breaking shit down like this because this kind of content – in my opinion, is the most valuable because it's value and why. It's not like, give me your top 10 running backs. It's like, okay, a list and be like, eh, I don't like Le'Veon Bell in that group. Bail. It's like, dude, we got to take time to be like, why? You know, I spent a lot of fucking time on this stuff. And there's a reason I, ha- and not everything's going to work out, but there's a reason we do what we do and and, and try to put validity behind our decisions.
2: This is why It's good to it. debate as well.
0: Tom. Yeah, I mentioned something and I said, we're bringing on a... Um, Chris and you, uh, and on some collaborations. And me and Tom basically said to each other, we are not experts on fantasy football in, by any means. And he said, I know, but we like playing it a lot. And it's always fun to see how we can tell you what we think and how we draft every year. And you, who's somebody who spends a lot of your time focusing on the fantasy football side of it, not just the NFL. And when you say about opinions too, this whole thing is opinions. We are all just giving our opinions. Like I th- yeah. say on my Instagram page a lot, when somebody says to me, oh, you're, you're, I remember I gave my top 10 quarterbacks and someone tells me, are you drunk? Like, I may well be drunk, you know. I have no idea what I'm... Yes, no reason but that why doesn't I'm, matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, no, there's no reason why I'm more experienced than you are. You, you tell me what your top 10 is then. You know, we are all just NFL fans that want to watch football and want to give our opinion. I'm, well, I'm open to that. We've, this is why we, on our website we gave a forum for everyone to come and give their own opinions because... Nobody is right and nobody is wrong until it actually happens and then the stats tell you what was right and wrong. You know, I me I could tell you that I think falling out of the are one and you can laugh me out of the park because the chances of that are slim. But if it happens next year, I always sit on this same podcast smiling and yeah. Tom might be in tears. You know, it's yeah. all
2: that kind of situation, isn't So I mean, he's got he's better fantasy value than I think real life value. But
1: Well and and again, to do you know, just the last point we can get out of here. I I think it is. It's super important that we have these kind of discussions. I really appreciate you guys having me on and I, I would love to do this with you guys again. It's a lot of fun. Um, the, the, you know, spoiler alert, ESPN, Yahoo, fantasy pros, the footballers, uh, fucking CBS. They're all doing the same thing we're doing now. They're quote unquote professionals and they have maybe like more databases that we don't have access to and shit. But the reality is I'm, I'm putting in, Legit work. I'm I'm crunching stats. Like there's multiple times which I love, dude. This I don't. I'm not somebody that needs pats on the back per se, but it really helps me validate like my time and energy to this passion that I have, um, and our brand. We'll drop an episode, like uh, let's say let's say this one, and I went on a high horse about Kenyon Drake, and and maybe one of you guys disagree, and I give you all my stats, blah blah blah, and then next week the footballers come out with some episode and Kenyon Drake's involved. And they're high on them as well for similar reasons. Obviously, I don't communicate with them. Like it's not like I had any fucking idea because they're after the fact. But that helps like validate what I'm talking about. And it's not a matter of like, yeah. look, I was right. It's like, hey, here's people who do the shit for a living, and we have the same. I
2: agree.
1: We yeah, have the yeah. same ideas again, and I, you know, I don't need the the Attaboy's, but but it is it is validation right. to hard work and 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 the the value that we're trying to give. Uh, four people. So again, you know, some of these are going to blow up in our face, man. It happens every single year. Um, I was a huge Joe Mixon guy last year and it blew up uh, until the second year, but like, look, you gotta wear it. However, I was like the only person saying, do not draft Le'Veon Bell. I, Chris and the commish love them to death. Those guys are my boys. They, they drafted him and I gave him shit and he and I are going to debate Joe Mixon or Le'Veon Bell soon enough But I told him Le'Veon Bell was, was my issue because of the jets and all these other reasons. And I said, no last year, sure enough, didn't, didn't return the draft position. And that's, that's my concern. He wasn't a bust because he produced, but he wasn't Le'Veon Bell. And you have to look at it that way because the difference between running back 15 and running back 10 is winning and losing your league straight up. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, I mean, the fact that you can divulge that much information about fantasy football is amazing. And it, you may have just made yeah. mine and Tom's fantasy football drafts a whole lot easier. Um, <laughs> hopefully, you can do this again sometime. Obviously, we're going to on to your episode with you soon. Um, we will definitely look to do this again with, on our podcast again. Uh, before we do head off, obviously, Sky did tell you where you can find all his um, information, etc. going to tell telephone again, Sky.
1: Yes, please. And, and again, uh, Ari, Tom, it's been a pleasure. I've been uh, wanting to connect with you guys for months and we finally made it happen. So thanks again. We have an eight hour time difference. Uh, as your local people know, Correct. and local people know, but like we're making it happen. And so thanks again. I know we ran over time, so I appreciate you guys so much and we'll do it again real soon on ours as well. Always. So the Candlestick Kids fantasy podcast, my name is Sky Guasco. I'm the host. My co-host is Lucas Kaser. Dude, y'all think I dive into stats that fool's a fucking animal. So if you're <laughs> if you're if you're a stat nerd on fantasy football, yeah, we bring the numbers for you. Absolutely. So the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast, you can find us anywhere on podcast, YouTube channel as well. Also, TCK Pod. You can find us on Instagram, the Fantasy, uh, Fantasy Football, underscore TCK Pod. Check us out there, please. And on uh, Twitter as well, um, TCK underscore pod. We do have a Facebook group as well. You can check us out on. We have all of our rankings. We have articles. We're going to have more and more. We have a draft guide coming up. We have our 200th episode coming out probably shortly after you hear or shortly around you hear this episode um, that you guys will be a part of, which I'm honored. So, anyway, had a blast, boys. Visit us at TCK pod.com the candlestick kids fantasy podcast i'm sky guasco and it has been an absolute pleasure to jam with you guys from across the pond yo wishing you guys health and wellness
0: cheers my friend before Thanks, i we do great. head off <laughs> it's been an honor. it has been amazing to listen to somebody who knows that much about fantasy football um obviously when chris came on last time me and tom were like oh my and <laughs> you came on as well so this is gonna be a learning experience for us and yeah. uh, before you let everyone go um Don't forget to go to our website. Um, We've got footballfanatics.uk. Tom is the editor over there, smashing it with all of our new writers, getting all the articles out thick and fast. Some of the articles as well are top-notch. Some of the information that they're going deep into is up there. We've also got our forum on there, which is your opportunity to give your opinion. Obviously, as we just said then, I give my opinions. Sky came back with all these stats that made me look a bit like yeah, do you even know what you're talking about? But we all, we all have these situations where we have our own opinions and nobody is wrong. So go over there, give a little post on there and see how everyone reacts. You know, we've all got, it's, a, it's a community where we can all have a discussion. Uh, we've also got our Instagram, which is footballfanatics_underscore_UK. underscore UK. Check us out on there. And our Twitter, which is ffanatics underscore UK. Uh, we've also got our Facebook we've just started launching, which is ffuK. So give it all a little go and see how, see how it all works out for you. Uh, Until next time, guys, been a pleasure.
2: Thanks, guy. Thank you, boys.
0: So, all good.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.